Liking the possible outtakes here, let's do this. Okay. Yep. We need to have a bloopers one day. Let's get started. Dude. All right. We are here today and we want to provide context and understanding of what EI2 is all about. So let's get started. <laughs> Who's all here with us today? I'm Natalie Gertis. I'm Jason Norris. I'm Brian Woolers. <laughs> are liars what happened to honest and integrity uh, not in it for editing it this if this is what it's going to be like <laughs> brian started it just remember that fair enough i did all right let's put uh, the true voices to the names i'm good. natalie gertis still and i am brian woolers stacy kozacek i'm still jason norris <laughs> so ei2 a part of the team is here with you today that you're listening in on. Experiment, invent, inspire is what EI2 stands for. And EI2 is a cross-functional team. So there's different members throughout the application development floor that are a part of EI2. And it started about four-ish years ago, I want to say. And I know that at the time when it started, Kelsey and Allie were the sponsor leaders. And members included Swapna, Tamara, Jay and myself, if I'm missing any others, I apologize. When we started, that's when we came up with EI2. It's kind of a spin, little trivia. It's a spin off of E equals MC square. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was that obvious that. or not. Yeah. So that's where it came from. And why we started was because Farm Credit Services America historically did a lot of hackathons, right, Brian? You were there when they did. I don't know that I'd say fest. a lot. But I did have the opportunity to be part of the first Geek Fest. Right. There was Geek Fest and the other one was called... Uh, Called iGames. And that was our company-wide innovation event. Right. So not a lot. A couple of hackathons. And EIT was started because they wanted to do more than just the hackathon and do some more events. And it was very event-focused. Some examples of the other events that were done was creating a sport, building a high structure with limited items. But... It got disbanded. We were planning on doing some form of hackathon. There was talk about maybe we might do something with big data, but we got disbanded because of the frontier conversion. So we decided just to temporarily stop EI2 so we could focus on a project. But that lasted for a while. Interesting that you put innovation on hold because of a project. Right. Right? Agreed. Like it's something we wouldn't always choose to do, but at the time... Uh, Frontier was a big deal, and it impacted so many of our teams that we wanted to make sure that we weren't distracting teams from being able to move forward with Frontier processes. Exactly what is wrong with the philosophy, right? It shouldn't be thought of as distraction, right? It should be thought of as improving the process. And if you can't continuously take time to improve your process, you're going to fall behind in your techniques and technologies and your you know, desirability in the workplace, in the marketplace, right? So I don't know. It's very interesting that you guys bring that up um, and act like it's just something that we would do again because I would definitely fight against that. Right. And I, I hope that doesn't reoccur. I think seeing it from hindsight, I know at the time we were shooting to try to do, my frequency might be wrong, maybe an event every month or like a, like some kind of frequency. Mm-hmm. But I do know that we received feedback that it felt like too much with the demands that were already had. People liked it. They enjoyed it. We had a lot of great participation during that time, but 
they're feeling the stresses of the demands of their normal work expectations in addition gotcha. to those events that we were having. Yeah. Well, I can see that, you know, being event focused does take a lot of time away from projects, right? If you're doing a lot of events. So right. that does make sense. Right. Okay, so that thanks. gets into the the focus then. So I know we're going to talk about this some more, but when the, when EI2 is focused on events, I can see how it'd be easier to say we don't have time for events. Whereas uh, if you're looking at it from a how do we innovate, how do we experiment perspective, we can't just put experimentation on hold because there's a big pro- project timeline. Like You can still experiment and find better ways to improve your processes, improve the way things are being built without having a hackathon to make that happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. I yep. agree. And like you said, and we'll talk about that kind of as we go through this podcast, but that is one thing that if it's truly ingrained in our culture, it's not about the two days you're going to take off to do a hackathon and that does get in the way of a deadline. It's about the the new technology or the new process that you invented or created as part of the tools you're, you're using or, or making that just makes things better. And that too is innovation that we can pick up along the way that any team can do anytime. Absolutely. The next phase, EI2, yay, got rebooted. Awesome. And that was in late 2017. And I learned this recently. It was rebooted because, Brian? That was just through leader discussions. It's something that had actually been on our leaderboard for a long time, trying to figure out where the right place was to to start that again. And really, it, can't, it was just something that I had brought back to the team, thinking that we needed to get, get rolling again. And the timing seemed right. There weren't as many um, initiatives that we had people pulled in different places. And so that was the start to get back to EI2 and the really the current group that we're working on. And so there was support to do that at the time. And here we are today. Right. I'm glad that happened. When the EI2 reboot happened, Christian Peters was our leader. Brian was our leader sponsor and active member. And then we had Jason, you joined. Sure did. And Tamara, Jay, and Natalie were were still on it, and Patrick was another new member at that time. Mm-hmm. And then Stacy comes later, much later in the picture. Yes. So when we rebooted, we got together and brainstormed what we want to be about, what we want to do. We did another survey to get feedback from application development, and ultimately, based off of all of that generation of meetings and talking we decided to do another Geek Fest and some other events. And that included VR with the mod. That, that would just be a fun to share like all the cool VR development that he's doing. Right, just a little kind of showcase where people could come in and try it out. That was one of the first events, I think, that happened after I joined the team. Right, right. And something new and showcasing something that another team member is doing. Yeah, I think back when, when we did that reboot, that was the time where we sat down and did that fun little video. The key messages in that video, right, were about take a break. Try something new. Uh, yes. Experiment. And I don't remember now. I'll tell you what they What were. the other one was. It, take a break, have fun, try something new and experiment. Ah, the have fun. Of course, I would miss that one. So <laughs> such a fun hater, Brian. Dang You're it. fun, Brian. <laughs> so so that was then the idea that led us to the things like VR with a mod and the 
sprint training that we did, uh, trying to look at a new way to bring in those innovations into our everyday processes. Right. The other big event was PyFest. We used that to launch GeekFest. And with that event premiering and announcing, hey, GeekFest is coming, we did some booths of little different experiments to encourage, hey, get away, take a break, have fun, and do some little bit of experimentation outside your norm. Right. Yeah, I'd say probably the main goal of that was both to launch and just to get people together to have fun and, and right. get ready for the events coming up. Right. And GeekFest 2.0 came back after, what, a couple of years? A uh, couple, twenty twelve to twenty eighteen, yeah, six years. <laughs> a little, a little hack. Twenty eleven actually was. I was going to say because I started in twenty twelve, so yep. just missed it. And yeah, Geekfest was very well received. And yeah, that was cool. I, I think we've always gotten great feedback around Geekfest as an event, and just right. people engaging and looking forward to that two or two or so days to do something that they wouldn't normally do. Right, doing something different. They can work on whatever they want to. Yeah, that was cool. My, um, so I participated in GeekFest as a participant. I wasn't on EI2 yet at that point. And my favorite part about it actually was the open house and getting to walk around and see what everybody else worked on. And then also getting to present what my team had been spending a couple of days building out and having you know, the feedback of, ooh, you know, this would be really helpful. And then seeing what, you know, what other people's ideas were. Like the... We, Bryce's pot watcher comes to mind constantly. Our team talks about that all the time of like, oh gosh, wish I had the pot watcher because <laughs> our coffee's ready and we forgot about it. Right. Probably another comment is, darn, I wish I knew what parking lots were open right oh, now. Oh my God, <laughs> that was the <laughs> best <laughs> project, I gotta say. Right now, everyone would love that app. People's Choice Award. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that you call out the... The open house or whatever the science yeah. fair is. Science fair, like that science was disturbing. truly the feedback that we've got from all of our Omaha teammates outside of App Dev coming and seeing the projects. It was just that was probably one of the well, one of one of many fun parts of that. Just getting to hear all that feedback and seeing what our teams are capable of. I just thought that was super cool. So right. uh, that was great. Right. And getting to show off what is possible in just a couple of days right. if we are given the freedom to try something that we're passionate about. Absolutely. And even the ag badge where oh, they yeah. use the card mm -hmm. badge and that actually got used after GeekFest. It's been used a few times. Yeah, yeah. we used it a few times. Yeah. yeah. Used to for people to beep in and used for drawings to mm -hmm. yeah. randomly pick them out. So that's cool. All right. I call that phase of EI2 reboot like chapter two in the EI2 history. On to chapter three, Christian Peters left the company and then I was asked to, I'm Natalie, I was asked if I would be the leader of EI2. And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And this is where I admit I was a little bit conflicted because I was like, well, that's a lot of a time commitment. And I'm like, no, it's worth the time and effort to make it a party and make the time to do it. So we got together as a team and what I really wanted to lead is like, this is what we've done. This is freaking awesome. How can we take it to the next level? How can we push what we want to do and what kind of impact that we want to make? So as a result of that, we decided that we know GeekFest isn't the only thing that drives innovation and that there's so much more that we can do. So our first event that we did was called the Marshmallow Challenge. 
it's supposed to be a mystery challenge because you're not supposed to know what the challenge is. So you experience it without any preconceived notion. This stage, Stacy, you had joined the team and Patrick had left since he started a leadership position. Right. And you and I hosted this event. Yep. So it was yeah. my first experience with the team. And I thought for the people that actually participated in it, they had a really good time. And it was really cool to watch everybody like looking at each other's tables to see what they were doing and getting really competitive and into it. And like, oh, I better get one more stick of spaghetti up there or my tower's not going to be tall enough. And just seeing people collaborate that were on different teams, it worked really well. And then there was the TED Talk that was played that kind of explained what we were trying to do there. Right. What I love about this event and a driving reason why we did it was because it wasn't just about building something and competing against each other so you can build the tallest thing with these very limited supplies of spaghetti and marshmallow. The TED Talk that came with it was after you had that experience, the TED Talk showed, hey, how did you go about doing that? Did you go through an iterative experimental process? So we're trying to share a different way of thinking than the natural approach. Right. The lesson was everyone plans, 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 tries, and then, you know, they complete their structure right before the end, only now it falls over because that's the first actual try they've done. Right. Whereas kindergartners that they showed in the TED Doc, they would put the marshmallow on right away and then try it again and try it again. Mm -hmm. So how can we do that in our everyday approach or even outside our non-everyday stuff to do that? was what we were trying to provide an opportunity to think differently or do differently, I should say. Yeah, I think as we've heard, and even I'm actually thinking back to one of the last or future podcasts. I'm trying to remember if it's been sent out. So it would be a last podcast at the time you guys hear this um, about, <laughs> about experimentation and, and the ways that teams are trying these small little ways to experiment and get feedback quickly. Yeah, it was a perfect predecessor to to that. And it's a great way for our teams to leverage what we do in agility and, and work in small bits and pieces as we go. So with thinking on how to take things to the next level, we know that we want to make more of an impact in both everyday and no boundaries innovation. And we want to challenge the way, provide opportunities to learn and do something new, um, impact different roles and personality types. With all of that in mind, podcast came to fruition. Yeah, it wasn't any longer just about creating the events, right? Because we know everybody loves those, but we wanted a way for people to share ideas, learn from each other, hear what other teams are doing, if it's working, if it's not. Uh, podcasting seemed like a great way to just get the conversation bigger than just a group or a lunch and learn event or whatever. Right. With the context of the history of EI2, we come to present time, <laughs> from once upon a time to present time. <laughs> we hope that you understand what we're all about, what we're trying to do to help our other teammates do and have us do that together as a team, the whole floor of AppDev. So our purpose, why EI2? What are we about? Well, so when we think about taking this further and it not just being about events, this is where we've been talking about, we see opportunities here in app dev personally for all of us, right? It's as we think about moving forward, the way we bring new technologies into applications development or the way that each of us personally innovates, it, it's a thing of growth for our company and an opportunity for growth for each of us 
to continue to stay relevant. The technologies that we bring in the way that our business does or manages their processes makes us relevant in the marketplace. And and honestly, like it comes down to, it makes each one of you listening and each one of us sitting here in this room talking about it, it makes us more relevant by reinventing ourselves through innovation and growth and learning. Right. And I love how it, it brings personal growth, right? And with personal growth comes app dev growth as well. It's just propagates. Yep. We all work together, right? To grow, bring skills to each other. It's about a joint competency as we grow. Right. So we know we want to push and provide a drive and provide more opportunities to be innovative. We did a survey. We're going to go back in history a little bit. We did a survey back in, I want to say, late 2017 or when the EI2 rebooted. And EI2 asked a series of questions. What would you like to see more? What are the challenges to be able to do innovation? The top one response we got was the challenge of time. That was huge. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the other thing we heard in addition to time, right? We, And I suppose in the end it comes back to time, but it's really we so frequently have deadlines and our time is just full of work that we do on projects, things that we have to get done from a team standpoint. That additional slack was the other thing, just carving that time out, it was a big deal. So, Right, and I, I really like thinking about metaphors, right? If you think about carving time out, that's... It's like you're stealing time from something else. You're cutting out something. But but if you, you know, I guess talk about it as being built in, then you don't have to carve anything out. And I think that's what we're trying to work towards, from carving time out to being built into your work stream and your everyday process, I guess. Absolutely. So we have some quotes from those surveys. Stacy, do you have one to share? One of the, the questions on the survey was, your ideal environment in relation to innovation and experimentation. And there was a quote back that fit pretty well in line with what we're trying to do. And somebody said that they wanted to have a dedicated innovation time budgeted every year. So 10 to 20% of your time dedicated to innovation, specifically with no strings attached to this innovation. So you wouldn't have fear of failure. I mean, there'd be no expectation of every idea to be tied to reducing costs or increasing efficiencies. So something doesn't have to go to production to have it be a good experiment or have it be innovated or something you learn from. Right. I like that. Yeah, I, I think that sounds great. It reminds me of the Google model, right? It's the apparently never worked there before, but that there's an opportunity to spend I think they say 20 or whatever percent of my time just doing what I want because the hope is you're going to, through doing that, you're going to learn to either enhance what regular project you were working on, learn something new and grow yourself or in general, just make things better. Right? Yeah. You would think if you went to Google and you went there and you said, I don't have time to innovate, you'd get laughed at. Like yeah, they would, probably get they, fired. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I right. And it's not like, like you say, Brian, it's it's pretty open uh, ended the innovation that uh, at Google, but it ends up uh, creating a lot of cool things. Like Google Maps came out of that, right? That was somebody's right. pet project. They said, mm-hmm. "I'm going to mess around with this," and now it's one of the most used things. I use it every day. So uh, there's there's a lot of room for unfocused innovation, um, and, and it ends up creating a lot of awesome outcomes. Yeah, and I think sometimes it creates a product like that. Sometimes it has nothing to do with a product, but it's a way a team works or, you know, again, just back to the learning, it's mm-hmm. 
something that you grow yourself in because you learned a way to not do something. And so it improves what you do every day. There was another question on the survey about supporting innovation. And there was a good quick response. They just said time, the ability to fail, and freedom. And those are really the the things that we need to make sure that we're providing for our teammates in order for them to sharpen the axe and learn new skills and, and try new things and improve things for everyone in the organization, hopefully. So I really like that. Again, if time, instead of carving it out, we, we want to try to build it in. Uh, the ability to fail, right, like we talk about with the, the marshmallow houses, right? I mean, you can't plan everything out and then start, uh, especially when you're innovating and doing something new. So creating a, a card or a story that says, research this technology, you know, and, and have them try to build it for a week and, and find out whether it works or not, you know, you have the ability to, to fail, um, which. Right. And a secondary thing from the survey was a fear of failure, but we learn so much from failure and it's not, it's not failure. It's learning and evolving from there because you learn from doing something. I agree that, that that's the main point that we should always take away in any kind of innovation or experimentation that we do. I, I will call out one thing just from the survey and I'll try to quote this and get through it, but um, it talked about most projects that I've worked on like started with the promise of trying new things. And it, so it goes back to how do we balance the project versus the innovation, right? And so started with the promise of trying new things or testing it out and as we got into a project or this quote talked about as we got into it reality came down to hey there's a deadline and it becomes just get whatever you can done as fast as possible um i think we've all lived that i, I was talking with a group earlier and i know that i've lived that i've led that and said hey yeah i'm excited about this new project because we're going to get to do this this and this and when it came down to it maybe for the first month or two that was reality and somewhere along the way you start to look at these deadlines and go okay Yep, the first thing we're going to cut out is trying new things or trying a new tool and whatever. And and that just becomes a big challenge. And so that's really why we're talking to you all today just about what are the things that we're considering and what are the things that we don't want to do or have in our culture. And so when we think about that, you've heard a lot of the things, right? It's about structured time. Is there a way that we can get structured time in front of everyone and or give everyone an opportunity to be part of some kind of structured time that gets innovation defined and on our, every one of our plates to do something different. What else are we thinking about? A flex team, maybe a rotating team where we can work on different things that's outside the normal stream. And I think the biggest thing that people are going to be excited about is another geek fest, but we don't know what that's going to look like. That may, it may look different than it did this last one. We're toying with a bunch of different formats and ways to go about it. That any number of them could be cool. It's just we haven't decided exactly what that's going to look like this year. It will be awesome. Yep. And that's uh, yeah, an example of our event-based innovation. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as daily or process innovation, uh, a couple things we've been thinking about are, uh, along with the 10% time, adding 10% of innovation stories to a project and seeing what stories you can write about innovating. Um, and a new segment on the podcast called the EA2 Petri Dish, where we will ask people to try a short experiment for a week and report on it at the end of the week. So if you're interested in that, let EA2 know. Awesome. So let's conclude this. This is a call to arms to all of our fellow app dev members. Thank you for listening. And I hope you can 
mull over this and think about how can you bring more innovation to your everyday work, your team, or even outside of your normal flow. Let's make it more of a priority. Let's do that. Any other last words, team? No, I'd probably add to that challenge. We're always looking for the opportunity to get into a discussion about ways to make things better. Catch any of the EI2 members. I'd say take the time in your retros or in your team to talk about how can I do something better or I keep hearing about wanting to add an innovation card, like add it to your board and have the discussion to make what you do in your team better every day. Just do it. <laughs>